In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins, for the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Today is the first Sunday of Advent with which we begin this season of Advent, the season of preparation for Christmas. And Advent means precisely to come. It comes from the Latin word advenio advenire, to come to or to arrive. So Lord, we can ask you in this time of prayer, help us to reflect on your coming. Help us to be ready for it. This is a season of preparation, of anticipation. So we ask you, Lord Jesus, who's coming to us as a child this Christmas once again, to help us to prepare, to be spiritually awake and alert for your coming. So that when Christmas comes, we're ready for it. We're ready to celebrate it. We're ready, Lord, to worship you and the child, to welcome you once again into our lives. And in order to do this, we can look forward to Christmas and read the nativity scene to find out how to prepare for it, how to make ready for this event. We read in the Gospel of Matthew, In those days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration, and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. Mary, our mother, our lady, must have known that this was a possibility, She was far along in her pregnancy, and so she must have known that it was possible and maybe even probable that Jesus would be born at some time in this trip. And so we can imagine her packing those swaddling cloths, those bands of cloth, away in her bag, and looking forward to the birth of our Lord, having everything she needed, all the essentials ready for him. So we can ask her too, Mary, our mother, as you prepared for the birth of your son, so that he had everything he needed when he was born. Help us too to prepare our souls, our hearts, our families, our day for the coming of Christ. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. The Christmas story is a joyful story. They 
have this great joy of finally seeing Jesus, finally being able to look at the face of their son, who is also the son of God. But in a way, it's also a sad story. These lines contain some of the saddest words ever written. She laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Since we're so used to a manger being a place where the Christ child is, we might mistakenly think, well, it's just a crib, right? A manger is where the baby is. And we know, of course, that a manger is a trough. It's a place where animals ate. Because there was no place for them in the inn, they had to scramble. They had to find any place they could. And it ended up being a stable. A place where animals slept and ate, found shelter. These are sad words. There was no room for them in the inn. Lord Jesus, you come into the world as an innocent child, as a defenseless child, with your loyal father, St. Joseph, and your Immaculate Mother. And there's no room for you to be born in in a more dignified place. In the prologue of St. John, he also expresses the sadness of Christmas and the sadness of the Incarnation, of our lack of response to God's presence. St. John writes, He came to his own, and his own received him not. The world wasn't ready, wasn't prepared, didn't give God the welcome that he certainly deserves as our Savior, as a child. And so there's a sadness in the midst of this great joy. The child is here, we're happy, but we're a little bit disappointed. Couldn't he have found a warmer welcome? Couldn't more people have been ready to receive him? St. Bernadette, in her childlike innocence, takes the citizens of Bethlehem to task. She, She laments what she calls their indifference even their cruelty, at not welcoming our Lord better. There was no room for them in the inn. What a great theme. We turn it into a positive theme for Advent, for this time of preparation for your coming, Lord, to make room for Christ. Your coming at Christmas, Lord, is a reminder of all the ways in which you constantly come to us. You come to us in others, you come to us in the Eucharist, you come to us in grace, you come to us in our prayer life, in the details of our life, in my work, in my rest. Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, Jesus says. Behold, I am with you always, no matter what you're doing, where you are. I'm coming to you, I'm there with you. So St. Josemaria would say we have to find the quid divinum, that divine something in the middle of all of our seemingly insignificant and everyday ordinary activities, the quid divinum, the divine something, and that divine something is our Lord. Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So Lord, to prepare for your coming at Christmas, help us to reflect on ways in which we can open our lives more fully to you. Ways in which we can make room for you in our heart and our lives. Help us, Lord, to make the inn, that inner room of our heart where you dwell, a better place for your presence, a better place for your coming, to make sure 
It's ready. And perhaps the first thing we have to do is to make sure that there is an inn at all, that there is a place where Jesus can dwell. And how do we do that? Well, I think making a good confession, it's a great time to make a good confession, especially to make sure we're in the state of grace. Jesus can't dwell in a soul, in a personal way, in grace. He can't dwell in a soul that's in mortal sin. And so if we happen to be in a state of sin, Advent is a great time, a penitential season, a season of penance. Advent is a great time to return to a state of grace so that there is an end, that there is some place where our Lord can come to. And then having done that, hopefully most of us are in this latter situation. Jesus can come into our soul because we're in the state of grace. We want to make sure it's a welcoming place, it's a comforting place, that there's room in the inn. There was an inn in Bethlehem, but there was no room. It was full of other people, full of other things, full of other transactions. And so to make room in the inn of our soul, we have to ask ourselves, well, what other things need to go? What do I need to clear out? What needs to be removed? Lord, if you're going to find a space in my heart, room in my heart, well, then I have to ask myself, what needs to go? And our Lord's example of cleansing the temple when our Lord comes to Jerusalem, he cleanses the temple. He kicks people out and he removes things. The Passover of the Jews was near, we read in the Gospel of John. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem in the temple. He found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. Lord, help me too to energetically clear out whatever needs to be cleared out in my heart so that I make it a house of prayer, so that I make my soul a temple in which you can dwell. St. Paul says, you are the temple of God. The Spirit of God dwells in you. And Jesus tells the Samaritan woman, you will worship in spirit and truth. You are the temple of God. The Spirit of God dwells in you, and we worship in spirit and truth where we meet God is very much inside of ourselves, in that inner chamber of our heart, in that inner room where our Father who is in secret sees our prayer in secret. And so like Jesus with the temple, maybe we have to clear out our materialism, our greed, our acquisitiveness, which is all a reflection of our self-centeredness. Jesus drives out money changers and vendors and their goods and, and their money. And Christmas in our day and age has been tainted, has been overwhelmed 
with materialism, with acquisition, with shopping, with cheap stuff, right? Not even stuff that's any good many, many times. There's a comedian who tells a joke. He says, Mariah Carey has a new Christmas CD that came out. Happy birthday, Jesus. I hope you like junk. <laughs> and so that can happen to us. Right? We have this great, wonderful, spiritual feast, a feast of our faith. And we can fill it with kitsch and cheap things and worldly concerns. So Jesus, help me to see where you want to enter my heart. And perhaps you have to enter it with a whip of cords to drive out my love of comfort, to drive out my love of pleasure, to drive out my attachment to material goods, my attachment to entertainment. Because if we give those things too much importance, we'll miss Jesus. There'll be room in our soul, but not enough room for him. And to focus on the material is really to focus on ourselves our comfort. These new shoes that I got for Christmas are so comfortable. Our vanity. I love the way I look in these new shoes. Look how cool they are. Our pleasure. Right? These new shoes make me feel great. And it's so pathetic, isn't it? It's a pair of shoes. <laughs> or, I don't know, it's a game console. It's just a material thing. Or maybe we get obsessed with what we should get others. Right? What should I buy for so-and-so? And that's a little better, but it's still superficial. right? It's uh, kind of, how can I help them be more materialistic <laughs> if we're not careful? So we look, how, Lord, can I reduce my concern for the material, consumerist side of Christmas? And once we do that, once we clear out that room, Maybe, Lord, I need to add some space. I need to rearrange things so that my home is a better place for you, so that my soul is a better home for you. And how do we do that? Well, I think one very essential way is to take care of the times of prayer in our day, to invite our Lord into our home is also to commit ourselves to paying attention to him, to making sure he's comfortable there, to making sure he has everything he needs. If we have important house guests over for the holidays, maybe family members, maybe good friends, people we love and admire, and perhaps that we don't see very often, well, what's our attitude? Well, we don't ignore them. We don't neglect them. That would be absurd. Our attitude is the opposite. We think ahead. We make plans. What should we do today? And what should we do the next day? What should we go out and see? What movie should we watch tonight? What should we eat together? What should we talk about? And then we're concerned that they're, that they're comfortable and at ease and they're not bored. And we ask questions. Do you have everything you need? Is your pillow okay? How did you sleep? Guests in our house are treated with a special attention and a special affection. We literally wait on them. 
We wait on them. We serve them. And in our interior life, in my interior life, this is our prayer. Our prayer is how we pay attention to the guest that is the child, that is Christ, that is God. And the same questions might be helpful. What should we do today, Lord? You're always with me. How do you want me to live this holiday season? How do you want me to live this Advent with you? Do you have everything you need? Do you need anything else? What should we talk about? To make room for Christ is also to make room for others. What you did to the least of these, my brethren, you did to me. What you failed to do to the least of these, my brethren, you failed to do to me. And so we also pray about welcoming him in others, seeing him in others, seeing his needs in the needs of others. This is so graphic at Christmas that Jesus shows up, God shows up as an infant child. And infants, we know, are very needy. Mary and Joseph go a little bit from being on autopilot, taking care of our Lord, because whenever she ate, he ate automatically. And when she rested, well, he was resting, if he wanted to, (laughs) in her womb. But then once a child is born, well, the level of concern and attention becomes much more real, much more existential. I have to feed him. I have to rock him. I have to change him. I have to make sure he's okay. The Christ child is needy. The Christ child is dependent. What you've done to the least of these, my brethren, you've done to me. And maybe, Lord, maybe at times I bristle at the people in my life who are depending on me. And maybe I think, well, they're like annoying children. Why don't they grow up already? Can't they make some improvement? Why do they still have this problem? Can't they take care of themselves a little bit more? Why are they so fragile? Why are they so emotional? And of course, maybe they do need to mature or work on some things and we can help them with that little by little. But maybe also, Lord, I need to work on being that soft landing spot for them. Someone they can talk to and count on. Someone who can encourage them after letting them know that I understand. That I have some compassion and sympathy for their situation. To make room for you, Lord, is to make room for the others. To see you needy in the child, Lord, is to want to serve you in the needs and the difficulties of the people in my life, the people you've put in my life. Advent is also a time in which maybe we can think about expanding our our circle of concern. We all have a kind of circle of concern. And maybe because we're fallen, we're we're self-centered, that circle of concern is more intense at the center, which is myself. And then it's still intense with my close family and friends, the people I'm closer to. But perhaps outside of that, the intensity of my circle of concern 
of affection and care for people thins out very quickly. Maybe I don't care too much about my colleagues, my acquaintances. And I care even less about people who are just out there, people I don't know personally. And Jesus' heart embraces all of them with a great intensity. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Jesus loves everyone in the world, everyone in my life. With a great intensity, he dies for all of them on the cross. He becomes this helpless child for everyone. And so maybe one way of preparing for your coming, Lord, is to see you and to care for you and to care about people I don't care about yet. Starting with the ones who are already in my life and I'm just a little bit indifferent to. I don't pray for, I don't try to help, I don't try to get to know better. But then also maybe expanding that to others, just people out there who are needy. There are so many needs in this world today, so many so many ways of doing good with acts of charity, works of charity, small services, maybe volunteering somewhere or finding some way to help the poor, the sick, visit the sick, the infirm, to welcome you, Lord, in those who are neglected, who are in need, who have less material means and advantages than I do. To find you, Lord, in people who need my help, people who can benefit from my charity. Jesus in the Gospel of John, in the context of the Last Supper, tells his apostles this, and he tells us this through the, through the Holy Spirit, through the apostles. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. An incredible description, Lord, of what you're doing in heaven. In heaven, our Lord is preparing a place for us. He's making sure there's room in the inn that is the Blessed Trinity. There's room in the house of his Father. In his Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go and prepare a place for you? And so, Jesus, you have your advent, you're coming to us. And we also have our advent, our coming to you. And you're preparing a place for us. You're making our room ready. You're making sure we'll have everything we need to be happy forever in heaven with you. So help me, Lord, to make my advent a copy of what you're doing for me in heaven. You're preparing a place for me, Lord, in heaven, and I want to prepare a place for you, Lord, on earth. And if we do that, we we will go to heaven. Right? We go to heaven if we have Jesus with us when we die. If we have Jesus with us when we die, because we're in the state of grace, and even more because we become holy, we've identified ourselves with him, we will go to heaven. We will go to that heavenly home our Lord is preparing for us. St. Josemaria says it very clearly. It's a very beautiful line in the forge. He says, If I love, there will be no hell for me. 
If I love, there will be no hell for me. Why? Because God is love. And if we love, we are like Christ. And we do love Christ. But we have to love. And to, and to love is is easy to say, but difficult to do. And, and to do it, what do we need to do? Well, we need to let love into our hearts. Love in the person of Christ. And we do that, once again, by working on ourselves. By casting out what needs to be cast out. By finding more room for God. By working in that prayer life. By increasing in charity, as we just considered. By widening that circle of concern out from ourselves into our loved ones, beyond our loved ones, into the greater world out there. Going to those who need us the most. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. He came to his own, and his own received him not. Well, this is not true of everyone. Our Lady and St. Joseph did receive you, Lord. They did welcome you. They did care for you that night and for the rest of their lives. And we can be like them to contemplate how lovingly Our Lady must have wrapped him in those bands of cloth to think about how gently she laid him in a manger, with what love and affection she took the child to her heart. In this Advent, these are all things that we can practice in our prayer to get ready to make our souls and our hearts and our homes and our lives ready for your coming, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, and do not delay. And give me the grace, Lord, to be strong, to be strong in the season of penance, to let you into my heart with that whip of cords, to drive out the sensuality, to drive out the bad curiosity, to drive out the self-centered anxiety, to drive out the lack of trust, which is also connected with my worrying too much, to drive out my materialism, to drive out whatever needs to be driven out of my heart so that indeed there will be room for you in the end when you come as a child. Our Lady, our Mother, Mother of God, pray for us. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect, my Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me.